Welcome to the American Citizens Abroad podcast. I'm Michelle, and today I'm chatting with Michelle No, a Korean-American expat and a cultural journalist and copywriter living in Berlin. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks for chatting with us today. Thanks for having me. Could you tell us how you ended up in Berlin? Have you lived in many other countries? I had been living in New York City for about six years when I first visited Berlin. And by that point, I was quite fed up with living in New York. I had moved apartments almost every year since I moved there. And I found that no matter how much my income went up, I could never afford a comfortable living situation. So by the time I moved out of New York, I was paying about $1,600 for an apartment in Crown Heights that was basically the size of a small conference room. And that was in 2018. I'm sure now it's up to at least 2000 or more. I loved Berlin because it basically had all these things that had eluded me in New York. It was affordable. It had tons of green space. It had bike lanes. And it had a creative scene that wasn't weighed down by this intense pressure to make loads of money. So I visited Berlin. And then the following summer, I asked my boss at the time if I could temporarily work out of our Berlin office. And they said, yes. And honestly, I loved it so much. By the second week, I knew that I was going to stay. I ended up quitting that job and then just staying. Would you like to live in any other countries? I will say actually that I grew up partially in Rome. So I have a little bit more experience living abroad. And I feel like that's actually what made it so easy for me to make that jump. And I'll never rule out the idea of moving to another country, but after this move and after COVID, I think I've realized that community means a lot to me. I mean, it's always meant a lot to me, but now especially. And I've also realized that that takes so much time to build. I think that I would think twice before moving again and really consider whether the cost of uprooting and recreating that network is worth the effort. (laughs) We discovered your article in BuzzFeed about your experience living in Europe as a Korean-American expat. For those who missed that article, we'll link to it in the show notes. Being an expat can be challenging in itself. Could you tell us some of the good and not so good aspects of being an Asian-American expat in Germany? By far, this has been the hardest part of moving to Berlin, for sure. The level of understanding and education on matters of diversity, inclusion, and just the general POC experience is, I find, at a different level across German society compared to the U.S. That's not to say that everyone across Germany is less in the know on these topics than an average American. Another thing is that I'll often find that the word diversity in a work setting most often translates to gender equity and not much beyond that. I've had to do a lot of adapting to new standards. I could go on. There's a lot of things that have been hard to adjust to. Uh, Another maybe sillier example is I hate that so many Asian restaurants in Berlin serve the same five items you see in every other Asian restaurant. In general, it's just hard to have so few friends who share my exact identity. 
it's been difficult. I feel that I've gone backwards in time a bit on this topic in the sense that some of these conversations I'm having in Germany on this topic, I haven't had since 2008 or something in the U.S. And it can feel very alienating and lonely <laughs> to feel that people aren't seeing me and my humanity in a way that a close friend from the U.S. might. I mean, I've thought about this so much. I think that one of the reasons for this sort of delay in in progress in this aspect has to do with just the general tendency amongst people across the world to shy away from topics that they're not confident about. And the reason I think that's especially been the case in Germany is because Germany has and continues to be, for the most part, a pretty white country. I only bring that up to say there just hasn't been enough of a critical mass to push back on these these lags in understanding. No one's saying, hey, wait, maybe let's not say it like that, or have you thought about it this way? But I think that's changing. That's changing very fast here. Yeah. As a journalist and copywriter, could you speak to freelancing internationally? How difficult was it to get started? And is it difficult to keep the work consistent? It was really difficult. <laughs> it was difficult because it wasn't even about finding clients. I mean, of course, that's hard for any freelancer. But in Berlin, in Germany specifically, it was difficult to get started as a freelancer because of the paperwork. Everyone in Germany knows how soul-crushing the bureaucracy and the paperwork can be. And I had to go through so much to get started here, not least of which was my application to get a freelance visa. And that's a whole nother topic, right? To get that visa, I had to get a hold of these things called letters of intent, which is basically a letter from a potential local client who says, hey, if Michelle is a freelancer, I would pay for her services. That's really hard to get for someone who's new to a city. Thankfully, I had already held multiple full-time jobs in Berlin, so I had made connections. But I think this is one of those things that's really, it's almost impossible. If you're new to the city and you don't know anyone, how can you convince strangers to write such a letter for you. A lot of things like that, a lot of tiny hurdles had to be jumped to finally get there, to get started even. And what has surprised you the most about Germany? I'm going to say something a little lighter because I feel like I've been talking just about the negative aspects and that's truly, <laughs> it's not the clearest depiction of how I feel about Germany. So one thing that has surprised me is the bread. <laughs> the bread. <laughs> the bread here is life-changing. Why are we not talking about German bread? It's amazing. I did not know so many flavors could exist in a single loaf of bread, a single roll. The complexity of the flavor, the nuts they put in these things and the seeds. And it's so cheap. It's amazing. 
I remember one of my first weeks living in Berlin, I remember walking down the street one day and seeing a woman just take a giant bite out of what looked like a dinner roll. And I thought, that's so weird. Like, that's so strange. Like, that is not a proper meal. That's not a snack. Like, it's just like a plain dinner roll. But now I get it. Like, that's me. I'm the woman with the giant dinner roll. Like, it's it's so good. I've never had so much bread in my life. I go through a loaf the size of my torso every week. What do you wish you knew about Germany to be better prepared before relocating there? I wish I had studied more German. I did take a few months of courses, and I thought that was doing too much, honestly. I thought I'm just an overachiever. I'm doing this because I'm an anxious person. And also because people I had spoken to about moving to Germany had told me, you do not need German to live in Berlin. And that's true. But what they don't tell you is that you can survive on English in Berlin for your whole life. Being a fluent German speaker will help you actually thrive, not just survive, and give you a much higher quality of life. I do wish I had taken many, many more, like maybe a year's worth of classes before coming here. I think it would have made my life so much easier. And what was the most difficult adjustment you had to make after relocating? I think the friend element. I didn't realize how much I would miss my American friends. I have moved around a lot throughout my life. I lived in Rome and then I moved to LA and then within LA I moved around a lot. I moved to New York. And so I thought I was someone who had completely mastered the art of making friends. Also in New York, you have to be good at making connections. You have to be good at just socializing in general with work friends. That's just something you have to be good at to thrive in a city. And so I thought I had that down. But making friends in Berlin is really something else. I think there's several factors that make it difficult. I think on one hand, Berlin attracts a very international crowd. And everyone is an English speaker. And so it gives you this false sense of similarity. From the outside, you feel like everyone is kind of like you and you feel like you should get along with so many people. But then you start getting to know people and you realize you actually grew up in a completely different environment. We have a different value set. Your humor is so different. You don't understand any of my references. So I think that's one part of it that makes making friends in Berlin a bit difficult. I think the other aspect is Berlin, like many other cities, is a huge commuter city. A lot of people come and go constantly. And so you could potentially make a good friend, but then maybe they realize Berlin's not for them. And so they move back to London or wherever they're from. So that's happened to me a few times as well. The few friends I have found who are committed to staying, we often talk about feeling a little bit precious now about who we invest our time in. We will hesitate maybe a bit more 
before investing time in a friend who's already told us from the start, oh, I'm only planning on staying here one year. The other thing is, to go back to my first point, I keep meeting people that I think I could be really good friends with because maybe we do have a few things in common. Like maybe we're both Korean or we're both writers. But then I go further in that friendship and I continue to feel this sort of inexplicable cultural psychological divide between us. The only way I've been able to understand that is I think my biggest revelation from moving from the U.S. to Germany is that I am a Korean American and the specificity of that identity and how much I feel at one with it has Mm -hmm. made finding kindred spirits (laughs) much harder. So yeah, I guess in general, I just didn't realize how how American my personality and my taste was until I got here. What's something that's made the biggest difference in your quality of life in Berlin versus, let's say, New York? In Berlin specifically, again, because of the the German aspect of it, speaking German (laughs) has made a huge difference in the quality of life because places like New York, of course, I'm a fluent English speaker. I write, I work in English, and so... I am very confident in my public speaking skills, but in Berlin, I find myself not so much now, actually, but at the beginning, I would find myself just shying away from a lot of social situations, even things like speaking to a cashier clerk or something. I do enjoy some good small talk every now and then, and I really hate that I can't do that as much here and so I find that every jump in my speaking proficiency has improved my confidence by like a hundredfold it's funny though I say this and I know this but it's so much work to learn German that I don't do it as much as I should I don't practice as much as I should The reason I moved here, one of the reasons was because the rents were so low. Now that I live in an apartment that's normal sized and not the size of a conference room, I look back at my time in New York and I'm like, how, how did I spend so many years of my life in these like cramped quarters? And I'm really glad I moved, if only for that. The jump in quality of life has been huge from just like living in a place that's spacious, has a proper bedroom and a living room, and then a separate bathroom and a separate hallway. These are things I did not have. That's why I'm naming them. That has been a thing where the expectation and reality, they were matched. And you had mentioned missing your friends from the U.S. What is something you didn't expect you'd miss? I think that I did not realize how much I would miss American humor. Americans are funny as hell. I didn't realize that's something that adds so much joy to my life. I think in general, I just miss tapping into wit and banter in my day-to-day conversations. I find German humor to be very slapstick. But actually, you know what? Maybe when I'm actually completely fluent in German... 
maybe I'll be able to truly unlock the funny side to German society. Who knows? Maybe I'll go back on this. Food, of course. I miss the food, the diversity of food options, of grocery store options, of snack options. I used to be a major snacker. That's just not a thing I do anymore just because the the selection is so scant here. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not so bad. Maybe it's better for my health, but I do miss it. How has living in Germany changed you? I think my understanding of the world at large has expanded so much. It's like the fact that Americans live so detached from the rest of the world does affect how you relate to the rest of the world. And now that I live in Berlin and Germany, which is we have so many neighbors, there's so many places that are just an hour flight away. That's really changed how I relate to the world at large. And I never used to read international news besides the huge headlines. But now I find myself more personally interested, personally concerned. Not to say that other Americans who live in the U.S. don't do that. But I think for me, maybe I needed that proximity to actually force me to care a bit more. I also, in general, travel more. So that makes me more invested in places because they're not just random countries that I can Wikipedia, but they're places that I've been to. I think that living in Germany has just made me more of a, a global citizen. You spoke a bit about other expats in Berlin. I imagine the community there is quite vibrant. Could you describe who it's composed of? This is actually one thing I love about Berlin that I don't really talk about much with people, but I don't know if it's just Berlin either or just Germany or Europe at large, but I find that the expat community and just communities in general and the public sphere are much more diverse in their range of, for me, the most apparent aspect is age. I have been to so many social gatherings or even clubs where you see retirees, you know, partying with people my age and also, and then also people in their early 20s or something. There's also more of a range in the kinds of work lives that people have. So Berlin specifically, for a long time, honestly, you could live a very comfortable life having just a part-time job. And so I really love that a lot of the expats you see, a lot of them bring their own range of personal interests, extracurriculars, all kinds of skill sets. And you see those in practice because not everyone is just uh, hyper-focused on their work lives. And then obviously it's so many digital nomads, so many people come here to study because Berlin does have excellent universities. The startup scene in Berlin is huge. I think I read in a study somewhere that it's the biggest startup hub in Europe. I'm not sure if this is correct, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's up there in the top five. There's a ton of tech companies here. So it's really a huge range. And I think what attracted me to Berlin four or five years ago when I moved was the sense that this is a city where 
a tortured artist could actually come and make a living being an actual artist without having to have a million jobs or a trust fund. I do love the range of it here. And what tips would you give our listeners who are thinking about moving to Berlin? I keep saying this, but only because I do think it makes such a big difference. Take as many German classes as possible. This will make or break your whole experience. I have known people who have come and gone without even trying to immerse themselves in the German language. And they they talk about how difficult living in Berlin is. And it is, even without this language aspect. I'll give them that. But I do think being able to speak the language can alleviate so many of those stresses and help connect you to the community at large to help you navigate those challenges. Another tip I would say is don't move here without looking into what the apartment, the rental market is like, because it has gotten really, really tough, really impossible. I wouldn't say Berlin is at Dublin's level, but it's really difficult to find a place. I have friends who have been looking for up to a year and can't find anything. So they're stuck in less than ideal living situations. Those are my two main tips. German classes, look into apartments as early as possible and save money. One last thing I would add is I have never saved as much money as I have while living in Berlin. Save money, but also this place has a really great cost of living. I would say you will make that money back, even though you might spend a lot when you first move here. And do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share? Yeah, I have a newsletter. I'm launching a Berlin-based newsletter, so please give it a follow. It's basically just my name at Substack, so michellenow.substack.com. And I'll be writing about Berlin life and sharing resources and so on. Thanks, Michelle, for chatting with us today. Thanks for having me. The American Citizens Abroad podcast is a monthly podcast that is published the second Tuesday of each month. It is edited and produced by me, Michelle, and is a product of American Citizens Abroad. You can find us on Twitter at ACA underscore podcast, on Facebook at American Citizens Abroad Podcast, or you can email us at podcast at americansabroad.org. Remember, give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts so other Americans living abroad can find us.